Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to my podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of one, a stepmom of three, a coach, an entrepreneur, and a conversation opener, bent determined to live a kick-ass life. You are looking for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life. You are listening to the right podcast. Life can be hard, really, really hard. But I believe that it's possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. In fact, I'm grateful for all life's challenges. I really, really am because I really believe that overcoming the tough stuff makes life that much better. Each week, I am going to bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts that will inspire you to live your own version of Kick-Ass Life while bringing you along as I create my own. Let's dive in. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So if you've been following along on Instagram or the podcast or YouTube or wherever, you have probably heard me say that I'm grateful for all of the hard things that I've had to deal with in my life. And I have had to deal with some seriously hard things. I'm talking about my parents' divorce, growing up without my siblings, my family going bankrupt when I was a child or in my early teens, having to figure so much out on my own in life, getting myself into oodles of debt, all the stressors that come with being a stepmom. Um, the list goes on, you know, mental health, anxiety, all the things. There was a time when I literally had no place to live and I wasn't able to afford rent and I just had nowhere to go and ended up having to live in my cousin's basement. Anxiety, depression, like I know I'm rambling, but there's just so much hard stuff that has happened in my life and I'm grateful for all of it. I have learned so much about my life and myself and I am who I am today and do what I do today because of all of the tough stuff that I've had to go through. And, you know, it all came to a head when I started dating Darren and tried to have a healthy relationship as a healthy adult. And all of the things that I thought didn't bother me about my childhood came to the forefront. It was like all of the shit that I just had to deal with. And then I had to add some step family stressors and an ex-wife and three kids. And well, I had some major personal work to do, but the process of going through all of that and working through all of that and the lessons that I've learned along the way, that's what's inspired me to start doing what I am doing, which is sharing my story with all of you. It's why I started my blog, the podcast, the exclusive stepmom community, my coaching programs, all of it. And today's guest is the exact same, except for her resources are all about supporting single moms in reclaiming their life and moving forward after divorce. Her name is Michelle Dempsey. She is a mom, she's a stepmom, an author, a coach, a podcast host, a certified divorce specialist, and she is one hell of a powerhouse. And I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. Now, before we get to the podcast, as always, I want to know who's listening. So if you love this episode, if it resonates with you, if you are like, oh my gosh, Michelle is freaking amazing. I'm so glad that I learned about her today please be sure to share it out on social. You can tag at Jamie Scrimger, at the Michelle Dempsey. Let us know what resonates the most because we love, love, love hearing from you. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes, leave me a five-star rating and a review. Guys, these reviews help this podcast grow and they help me get more amazing guests like Michelle. And it just helps me take things to the next level. And to be completely honest, these days, my love language comes in the form of words of affirmation 
on iTunes. <laughs> I'm not kidding either. So if you could do that, I would be forever grateful. Now let's dive in. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Jamie. This is so nice. I know. I'm so excited. I've been following you on Instagram and you post the best things. And every time I see your latest meme or whatever, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, this lady is on point. So I'm so excited to share <laughs> you with my community. So for those who aren't familiar, um, I am excited for them to become familiar, but can you give us a little bit of uh, background who we are, what you've got going on? Um, I don't even know where to start. I'll start with my name. I am Michelle Dempsey Multak, but on Instagram, the Michelle Dempsey, um, which is ironically my ex-husband's last name. I am a mom, writer, co-parent, stepmom, blended family person, and I am a divorce coach and certified divorce specialist. I never in a million years thought that this would be the career I'd end up in, but it only felt natural once I did go through my divorce and once I became sort of the touch point for women to come to both on Instagram and through my articles that I write for Scary Mommy and parents and publications like that, um, I'm a former educator. So I do believe there was something deep down inside me that has always wanted to help and lead and so I'm excited to be doing that now. I, I've built this beautiful community of followers and colleagues, quite like yourself, Jamie, where it's just this new world of learning and understanding and growing through what we go through as women and as moms, as stepmoms. Aside from that, I am involved with the FAIR co-parenting app. I am a co-founder of their new branch, Be Fair Families, and we are creating content for co-parents. So I'm really passionate about that as well. And I'm excited to be here. I think what you're doing is beautiful also, and I'm so happy our paths have aligned. Yeah, I am so excited about that. Now, let's maybe back up. And what got you to this point? Because I always say, I don't know. I didn't plan on being a stepmom. I'm pretty sure you didn't plan on being divorced. Like when we were little kids sitting around <laughs> dreaming of our life, I definitely wasn't how we thought things would turn out. So when did you, because you obviously were inspired by your own experiences, what, yes. what's your story there? So you say, you know, I probably never expected to get divorced. I never really planned on getting married to begin with. I had such a heavy childhood rife with just trauma and sadness and my parents' own divorce and, you know, no father figure after that. So for me, I kind of considered myself damaged goods, right? Like I'm, I'm never going to make it in this world as a wife or a mother. So I'll just be Samantha Jones from sex in the city and see where that gets me. And I would always <laughs> tell my mom, you know, like, don't expect grandkids from me, lady. Like you're not getting them. I'm not the type that gets married. And then actually eight years ago today, I made a big change in my life. I moved down to Miami from New York and kind of decided I was going to start over because I was sick of this victim mentality. I let myself fall into. And lo and behold, within months, I was engaged <laughs> to get married. Red flag is, you know, you don't, you really shouldn't get engaged in three months. You should probably get to know somebody more. Um, but lo and behold, we got married and that marriage brought out all of the worst in me. Everything from my past that I had never dealt with, that I swept under the rug, that I wrote off as, you know, just my baggage and that's what it is. It all came to a head in this marriage. And I truly believe I had to be married to my ex-husband to be able to 
see those things about myself more clearly and heal them. So long story short, we got divorced three years after we got married. And I started to feel so strong in knowing who I was and what I needed to change about myself in order to be a better mother, potential future partner to somebody and career woman, everything else. And I felt like sharing that. So at that point, I had been writing for Scary Mommy pretty frequently and HuffPost. And I shared the, I, I completely changed the content towards what I was going through as a mom, as a single mom, as a divorcing mom. And people just started flocking like, oh my God, thank you for saying this. Nobody's saying this. Nobody's saying this. So it kind of took off earlier this year. I started my own podcast, which led to people wanting to hire me to help them. And I wasn't a certified coach yet. So I put myself through a coaching program and then the certified divorce specialist program. And I felt, you know what, we go through things in our life and the best thing we can do is share our experiences to help other people. So that's how I got here. I love it. And, you know, I want to just go back quickly. Something you said, I was like, yes, that is so me. And I've actually um, have an upcoming interview in the exclusive stepmom community where we talk about the sleeper effect. And it's, you know, when you don't realize, you know, your parents divorce or your, you know, the struggles as a childhood, especially for women, when you, you know, try to have those healthy relationships as an adult, it's like all of the stuff that you push down and you try to pretend didn't exist and just all of the damage and the hurt and all of it, it just comes out when you're trying to have that first healthy relationship. Does, does that feel like the what it was for you? Oh, a hundred percent. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not marrying my dad. I'm not going to be this like hot mess anymore. And essentially, like I truly believe people either bring out the best or the worst in you and mm -hmm. they do it for a reason. And that's, that's what happened to me. And I own it. Like I will never put the divorce a hundred percent on my ex-husband. It was probably more me being, you know, uh, impulsive and settling down with someone who wasn't right for me, which was very indicative of my behavior at that time. Yeah. And you know, I do believe, you know, and this is a little off track, but, you know, life, we, we find ourselves in situations that we we need to be in and we have lessons that we need to learn in order to move forward. And if you don't learn those lessons, you continue to find yourself in those same situations again and again. So I love that you're saying, you know what, I realize that this is not going to be my life, you know, and I had very much the same experience when Darren and I got together all of a sudden, you know, I thought that my parents' divorce didn't affect me. And all of a sudden I realized just how much it had screwed me up and screwed up my perception of what a happy life could and should look like. And it's like, whoa, you know, there's some work that needs to be done here. Well, yeah. And that's why, you know, when people, I once wrote an article about, you know, what not to say to a divorcing person, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or you just, you just got dealt a bad hand. Like for me, it was like, no, I want to be congratulated because I needed this. I truly needed this to be able to become the person I needed to be for myself, for my daughter, for everything that I do. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. You can, you, you know, you can own it, take the lessons, become better and just move forward. Or you can, you know, be sorry for yourself. And I love that you're like, no, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened. And clearly, clearly it has. So when you started sharing, was it more about you and what you were going through in the moment? Or did you share in hindsight? I was sharing at the time that I started sharing about the divorce process, I was sharing in the moment. I was sharing, oh my God, this is my first weekend without my daughter. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Or mm -hmm. 
the divorce process is making me nuts. Or every time my ex-husband texts me, my knees shake because I'm scared of him or, you know, whatever it was, it was very much in the moment. But as I got deeper into it and realized that people were now looking to me for advice, I was going back in time too. Um, a lot of my articles are, or my posts are about what I wish I knew, you know, and how I've learned from experience because you don't know what you don't know. So it was, it was really a mix of both. I don't, you know, divulge too much about the complexities of my marriage or what essentially, because everyone always wants to know. So what did it, what, what forced you to leave? I protect, you know, that part of my past for my daughter and for my ex-husband's sake. But, you know, other than that, I've been an open book and I, and I have found that's helped so many women connect and feel validated and seen. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, you know, people need, it's, it's, it's like you said, no one's talking about this stuff and people are starting to talk about it more and more. But for the longest time, it was like, there's so, what's the divorce rate? 50%. But yet no one was talking about step parenting. No one was talking about what it was like to be a newly single mom. And it was just, it just seems so taboo. So I love that you are opening up those conversations. Thank now, you. And I hope that you are too. Yeah. Thank you. Now you are a stepmom too. So you are yes. now, so let's go back to your story. You single and then you what happened? I got, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, results, not typical. Cause I'm going to like infomercial it right now. Like do not expect these results at home, but I got separated in March of 2017, completely happy for the first time in my life to be alone, you know, decorate my little townhouse with my daughter, like girl power. And, you know, we're just going to be independent women now. And I was killing it in my business. So like I was of this mentality, I didn't need anybody to be happy. And lo and behold, two months later, I randomly met my now husband, um, wasn't looking for it, didn't expect it at all, was totally okay with being alone for a while. And I met him. He lived in my mom's building at the time. And as a single mom, I, I relied on my mom heavily for like everything. So I was in, I was at her apartment every day after I picked Bella up from school, I would go there. And that's essentially how I met Spencer, my now husband. I would see him because my mom lives on the water. I would see him fishing in the late afternoon with his daughter. And I'm like, oh, cute guy, no ring. Okay, well, I'm not the type to like hit on anyone. So I just thought nothing of it and would get in the elevator and go upstairs. And then he reached out to me on LinkedIn <laughs> of all places because we live in a small city and we had both been in the same edition of our city's newspaper. And he recognized me and looked me up. And that's where our love story began. But, you know, I knew... Going into my split that if I was going to date again, I, for me, was not going to be with somebody who didn't understand parenting or divorce for that matter. I'm a very passionate mother. I'm a child of divorce. And I knew that nobody could understand me quite like somebody else who had been through it. So he had. And meeting his daughter was more proof or more reason why I loved him because he's an incredible dad. And her and I connected very quickly, which was beautiful. Not to say there hasn't been issues, you know, in our journey. We've been together now three and a half years, married for about a year. But being a stepmom has showed me a whole new level of compassion and patience and understanding that I never thought that I had. And can you dive into that a bit more? Like what has, what has shown you that? You know, there is my stepdaughter has a mom, right? And as much as I respect her and respect her as my stepdaughter's mom, you know, I know the the respect is not always reciprocated. Like she doesn't want me in this position and I get it. She doesn't want her daughter living with another woman. She's doing the best with it as she can, 
but I've had to be patient with having her come around and accept that I am in this situation. And I have reached out to her in the past and said, look, I know how uncomfortable this is for you and you don't want this, but it is what it is. How do we make this work together? There were a lot of issues that were brought up for my stepdaughter when my husband and I were getting married because she was older when her parents split. And it was she was worried about what a wedding might feel like for her and what it might be like to see her dad marry somebody new. Of course, everything went off without a hitch and it was great. But it was always, you know, I took the perspective early on, having been a child of divorce and having a dad who left for another woman, I never, ever, ever wanted to be in the way of my stepdaughter and her dad's relationship. So he, bless his heart, always would want to involve us. Like on his weekends with her, he'd say, oh, bring Bella, let's go to the park. Bring Bella, meet us for breakfast. Or why don't you and I take Jolie to dinner? And I would say, no, your time with her is sacred. That's your time. Like I want her to want me in her life on her time. And I think that really helped our relationship get to where it is, both me and him and me and her, because she didn't, she never saw me as a threat. I love that you said that because, you know, as a child of divorce myself, I came into this role as a stepmom. Like I would remember the things that my, my dad never remarried, but he had a series of girlfriends who would come in and just, you know, try to change things or not respect the time that we would have with our dad or, you know, sit in our spot at the table or a little too much PDA and things like that. And I do really believe that, Having that experience as a child sets you up for success as a stepmom because you know what it feels like and you can see it from a different lens. Jamie, I remember so vividly, like I was the older child. It's me and my younger brother. So when my dad would pick us up without his new girlfriend in the car, I always sat in the front seat. And this sounds stupid, but this is what stuck with me. And then all of a sudden we'd be with her and she would get to sit in the front seat. And I would sit in the back seat, like holding back tears because in my little eight-year-old mind, that's what mattered to me. And I felt so discarded. So to this day, when we go somewhere with his daughter, I'm like, Joe, you want to sit in the front? And she's like, no, like I, I never, I never hesitate to offer because it, it scarred me so badly. And it's those little things that you don't realize might impact a young mind. And so I've, I've always been very cognizant of that, you know, like, one time he asked me to sleep over for the first time while she was there. I, I used to only sleep at his apartment when she wasn't there. And one night he was like, why don't you just stay? And I was like, no, I'm not staying until she's okay with it. And that night when I was leaving, she's like, but why won't you just sleep over? We can like make breakfast in the morning. And I was like, okay, now I feel comfortable. You know, I always wanted it to be led by her. Mm-hmm. And you know, that it's not, that's not possible for all situations, but I know that was kind of how we did it. And I love hearing that that's how you did it too, because I think meeting the kids where they're at, and I always say, take your cues from the kids. It can go so far when it comes to building that relationship. And it's all about playing the long game. Yeah. Oh, totally. You have to look long-term, you know? And I think if you're a woman who comes into a relationship with a man who has children and expect to be put first, you're setting yourself up for failure. And also don't be an asshole. Like kids always come first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. You know what my story is? Like yours is the friend seat. I remember my dad's girlfriend. This is my dad used to always cut my steak for me. And we used to have, he used to make it really tough. Like it was tough steak. And <laughs> she, I remember the one time she had already changed that we had two tables in our house. One was like for fancy dinners. And then one was just for, you know, a casual dinner. And she changed the table we were eating at. She's like, let's eat out here. And I'm like, we don't eat out there. We eat in this we table. Don't do this, lady. Yeah, we don't do that. And then my dad went to cut my steak 
And she's like, she is old enough to cut her own steak. And I remember thinking, lady, beat it. Like, who are you to tell him? And he listened and he, he made me cut my own steak. And I remember I took that steak and I went and ate my steak at the neighbor's. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, How old were you at that point? Um, I'm going to say I was probably 11 or 12. I probably should have been cutting my own meat. <laughs> like she wasn't wrong. I figured that's the age you were going to say, because that is definitely the age where girls from divorced families start forming their opinions about where they feel comfortable, what feels right to them, what they will and won't deal with, what they don't like. And so it was very similar for me too. Yeah. So anyway, I learned how to cut my own steak, but I was pissed about it. So that was was the story there. So I never say anything when Darren cuts the kids food. I'm glad if nothing else, you can cut your own steak now. This one is for the stepmoms. If you are loving this podcast and are looking for more next level conversations and support, you should totally check out the exclusive stepmom community. Members of my exclusive community get access to interviews with experts such as lawyers and estate planners and therapists and parenting experts, get tell-all podcasts with Darren and I, monthly live Q&As, a private forum off of social media where you can get individualized support from me whenever you need it in the Ask Jamie section of the forum, and you can also connect with other like-minded stepmoms who are also trying to improve their stepfamily life. Basically, it's about having next-level conversations that most don't feel comfortable having on social media and, quite frankly, should not be had on social media. You can lock in for $5.99 a month, which is less than $0.20 a day, and you also get access to discounts on -on one-on-one coaching packages, my course, Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life, and my ebook, 100 Random Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. You can sign up and get all the information at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And if you have any questions, be sure to let me know. Now, so you're co-parenting on two different sides then. So you're dealing with your ex and then you're dealing with your stepchild's mom. Um, Do you guys have any systems in place that help you manage that? Because it's a lot of coordinating. Jeez. Yes. It's a headache. We, in the beginning, until we got used to each other's calendars, we would just share calendars. Like he would print out the month in advance, like of when he would have his daughter, he would leave it on the fridge, um, in his apartment. So like I would know because in our relationship, I'm in charge of the date nights and the double dates and plans with other couples. And so instead of like having to ask him every time, I would just have access to his calendar and vice versa. Now that we live together for a large part of our relationship this far, we've had our schedules aligned because we like being together as a family and we like having our alone time. Um, So that's one thing that makes our lives easier. I use a co-parenting app, which obviously the one that I own now, which is very helpful because I can just screenshot appointments and dates. But the other system we have in place that I think needs to be talked about and needs to be normalized is this kind of open this policy of the kids come first, the exes are parents too, and we have to honor that even if we want to vomit. Like, for example, when Bella, my five-year-old, graduated from pre-K in June and we had a party at our house, my husband said, you know, it, it would be right if you invited her dad. And I'm like, huh, you want him here at our dinner table? And he was like, look, it's the right thing to do. So we did that. And then the uh, on the opposite end, you know, it's I never do anything for my stepdaughter without texting her mom first. Like it's very important that 
she know and her mom know that I'm putting that relationship before my own needs with her child. So that's another system we have in place. It's just like consistent respect in dealing with the other partner, even if we want to scream. Um, <laughs> and also fostering, you know, it takes work to foster a blended family and really turn the blend part into an actual family. So we are very consistent about even though my stepdaughter is a teenager now and wants to be out with friends. Like we find one night a week where we're all together having dinner and keep that love alive between the kids and between all of us. Like for us, it was last night and it was beautiful. We always go to bed so happy after that. So those are some of the things we do. I mean, you know, blending a family definitely takes work. Co-parenting is hard enough and then you're doing it on two sides. But, you know, if you truly love your partner and you are respectful of their relationship with not only their children, but what came before you, then that's the only way you can survive, really. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, you know, I like what you said about, like, the kids do come first. And I think this is where, this is a really important conversation, actually, because, you know, people will say my relationship is number one. And I will say my relationship is a top priority for me, like 100%. But the kids just naturally come first. Like, I feel like you have to make a conscious effort to make your relationship a priority. And, and then it's just more natural to make your kids a priority because you're the mom or the dad, and you're just always going to make sure that they're taken care of. And I think that's important for people to understand, right? So when you say that, I know, you know, just from even following what you're saying, like what you say online, you're not saying, I don't value my relationship. My marriage isn't a priority. You're saying, you know, we do things in the best interest of the kids and that the marriage is a separate thing. Our marriage is a separate thing. And our marriage is really built on the time we have alone together. And as co-parents, we get a lot of that. We both have 50% custody. So we are both committed to making the 50% of our time without our kids. So full, Jamie, like we are best friends. We cherish every single moment we spend together. Like we giggle, we always have a plan to do something alone. We put our phones down. Like our marriage is solid because we give it that attention, but we also have the respect we have for each other because when you're a 50% parent, you want to make that time with your kid as meaningful as possible. So we never stand in each other's way with that. Mm -hmm. And do you think that, you know, you said at the very beginning of the episode that you wanted to be with someone who knew what it was like to be a parent. Is that what you're talking about? That they, because yes. you, I, I do think it's really, really difficult. I remember when Darren and I first got together and this is before we had our daughter together. I sometimes didn't understand when he would want every single second he could with the kids. And there'd be times where I'd be like, well, what about us? Or don't you want alone time with us? And, and I didn't quite understand that feeling he had. And I remember him saying, well, I only get the kids half the time. And I was so... I just didn't get it. And I said, well, you knew that was going to happen when you guys got divorced. Like, what did you expect? But I, I think that you can't understand what it's like to have that longing unless you're actually a parent and you've been there. And I know, Wait, you know, what, I cue, cue people messaging me and saying that I, that I shouldn't have said that and um, that I don't understand and all of that. But because you don't know what you don't know. And how are right. you supposed to know what it's like to be a parent? You know, like even now, one of my best friends is 
giving birth in a few weeks to her first. And I'm like so excited because she'll finally know why half the time we have plans, like I have to cancel because Bella has a stomach ache or my night switched with my ex, like she'll finally get it. But you don't know what you don't know. And you were perfectly justified in wanting to have that attention from Darren, you know, at that point, because he was your boyfriend and you're building a, a relationship. And it's real, even for somebody who understood, you know, for me too, there's been plenty of nights where my husband and I have plans, but all of a sudden Jolie needs him for something or his ex-wife can't take her that night and our plans get put on hold. And do I want to stomp my feet and scream? Sure. But I know if the tables were turned, I would be grateful that he understood. And so that's where, yes, that's why I wanted to be with a parent who would get that at any moment, you know, Bella's bad day could turn into canceled plans or her not wanting to go to her dad's. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I love that you say, you don't know what you don't know. And that doesn't discredit your experience with where you're at right now. That doesn't make your love any less important or your feelings any less important. It's just different experiences can shape the way you look at things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. And if you're coming from, you know, please, I had, I still have daddy issues and the abandonment issues and rejection and all of that. So it put me in a position to challenge myself and my own strength and knowing that, I'm not being rejected because he wants to spend more time with his kid. This is just the natural way of things, right? So that that was also a growing opportunity for me. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, what do you wish you, – you wrote this article for Scary Mummy, and you had said, don't tell me that I'm lucky to have a night off from my kid. Let's dive into that. What do you wish that, you know, what did you say, undivorced people would understand? Yeah, so listen – as parents, we're freaking exhausted, right? Um, we Amen. we don't sleep enough. We don't get enough time to ourselves. We make a plan to get the kids to bed early and finally watch something we want to watch. And then someone's throwing up an hour later. It's nice to have time to yourself. I get that. But I was when I was in the very beginning and I was literally shattered from the inside out about not only having to have less time with my two-year-olds, but like 50% of it, just hand her off to somebody who hated me so fiercely. It was, it was unsettling to the point where I was like sick to my stomach all the time. And when my friends would call and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Da, 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 they were all well-intentioned and meant well, and they loved me, but it was, Oh my God, don't worry. Just be like grateful. You have time alone. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'd rather die than be alone right now. I'd rather be holding my two-year-old and changing her diaper only the way mommy can. And so I felt like there was a lack of understanding there. Like we're without our kids, not because we want to be. It's very different from being able to call a babysitter and and take a night off and, and go let loose. So if you're not a divorced person, understand that a night off is nice, but it pales in comparison to the pain we're going through for not having access to our kids anymore and for having to swallow this idea of, you know, for me, it was the next 16 years were now cut in half. I was only going to have eight of those 16 years to be her mother. And I was looking at it in that way. And it was just so suffocating to me. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think about that ever since having recent, like, I can't even imagine. Like I, I always say to Darren, I said, if we ever got divorced, you could have her, you know, from Saturday from two till four. And I'm just joking because <laughs> I know that's not the reality, but I think I would, oh, I can't even imagine. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. And I do think people just don't, again, you don't know what you don't know. Now. Yeah. And looking back, I wrote that article very early on. So 
I, I jokingly say now, you know, when quarantine started, I, I basically, I think I posted something a while back where like all of you non-divorced people get a free pass now to tell me I'm lucky to get a break because we were all desperate for a break at that point. And I was too, like having my daughter home from school suddenly 24 seven, it was like, oh my God, when are you going to daddy's? Because I need to breathe. <laughs> so everybody got a free pass in quarantine. Yeah. It's like, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Like I remember my husband being <laughs> sad when the kids left during quarantine. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like I have been counting down the moments and that's not because they're my stepkids. That's because all kids were driving all parents crazy. Absolutely. And there's, there's no shame in saying that. No kidding. So now let's go back to the inner work that in personal development that you had to do to get to this place. Cause you know, obviously to go from where you were to where you are now, you had to have done a lot of grieving, a lot of healing. And what did that look like for you? For me, it was really figuring out. So here's what happens with a lot of women, at least I think from my experiences and the clients that I work with, we as women are so led by gut feelings and, um, you know, these internal things that happen inside of us. And we ultimately know well before a marriage ends that it's going to end. So, you know, yes, of course, there's the case where you're blindsided and all of a sudden your husband's in in love with another woman. That's a whole different story. But for me personally, I knew this marriage was going to end well before I even walked down the aisle. Like I knew this is where it was headed. And the moments in the marriage that brought the ugly out of me, the side that I was ashamed to still be feeling and the side that was rearing its ugly head, I started dealing with that while I was married. I did a lot of work on myself before the split to be able to withstand the split, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say about a year before things ended, I was in therapy. I was taking anxiety medication to help minimize like my anxiety about the whole thing. Um, I was really diving deep into where my issues were because I knew I didn't want to be a poor example of a a partner moving forward. I wanted to only allow good things in my life so that my daughter would have a good, healthy example of what a relationship could be. And I knew I couldn't be in a healthy relationship until I fixed those things. So I did the work on myself. I definitely mourned the loss of my marriage before it was over. I cried myself to sleep more nights than I can count. I walked around with a tightness in my chest for a solid year and a half because of where I knew it was headed. Um, but I, I accepted it and I dealt with it before it ended because I knew I couldn't let heartbreak or grief hold me back. I had to run a business. I had to be able to be financially independent. I had to be a great single mom. Like I'm very type A and forward moving. So that wasn't an issue for me, but for women who find themselves in this situation and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, go be a thriving single mom. I think the best thing you can do is arm yourself with support, whether it's a therapist, a coach, a pastor, a rabbi, whoever you can speak to, to help get you through some of the darker days and really take stock in yourself and, you know, where you need to help yourself so that you can crawl out of this hole. I think that's really, really powerful. And, you know, also reminding yourself that this sucks. Yeah, but it's not forever. And it can actually be a blessing if you use the lessons in the right way. Now, what do you wish that, or what do you think that stepmoms need to consider from the first wife's perspective? Because you are a stepmom and, you know, you are a mom. I do think there's often that pissing match, if you will, or the issues of territory. And there's like that automatic, 
Yeah. There's just, people just assume there's going to be this tension and you get your back up about the ex. I know so many stepmoms struggle with that. So what do you think that stepmoms need to think about when they're trying to build that relationship and even reaching out to the ex? So I think you have to expect to be the enemy, whether you are one or not. Every mom is territorial, right? Even if you were like the princess of Wales and you just like appeared in your new husband's life, your ex is going to, their ex is naturally going to feel, you know, territorial. Uh, Who's this person around my kids? I don't care how great she is. She's around my kids. I want her to respect me. And if you are with a man who has kids and an ex-wife, you have to respect that. I think, you know, making it a pissing match is not only going to make you crazy, it's going to have the opposite effect of what you want it to have. You have to show this person you're not the enemy. Be an ally, you know, like my dad was horrible and he cheated on my mom up and down and he left for this woman and she ended up being really close with my mom because my mom saw her actually as an ally, somebody who's an asset you know, to the kids because she's a woman and had a woman's touch and knew how to understand motherhood. And she was respectful of my mom and they ended up becoming friends. And sure, that's kind of idyllic, but set your expectations where they should be. Remember that you're not the mom. That's why stepmoms are called a bonus mom, because you're there to provide motherly guidance when needed. It's like, don't speak when spoken to, like, don't try and exercise your parental right with this person until your husband thinks it's okay, or you've established a rapport, don't ever expect them to call you mom. I've, I've heard of women who there's now other partners in the picture and they're demanding to be called mom. That's not okay. And if you can reach out, show this ex that just because you're a new woman doesn't mean you're in this man's life to hurt her, right? Like my current husband met me two or three years after his split. So I wasn't the first and I, I wasn't the other woman. I wasn't a threat in that sense. I was essentially taking her place in a lot of ways. But I think, you know, ultimately she resigned herself to the fact that like, I I wasn't doing it to be a bad person. I just happened to fall in love with her ex-husband. So you have to give it time, set your Mm -hmm. expectations where they should be and and know your place. Now, what do you say to the stepmoms who want to reach out to the ex and they want to say, Hey, I'm not a threat, or I'd love to have this relationship. And the ex is like, girl, not happening. Like, get out of here. I do not want that. It is what it is. At that point, you say, I can respect that. Look, the first time I reached out to my husband's ex for coffee, because we live in a small city and I would see her all the time and we had friends in common. She was like, I don't think I'm comfortable with that yet. And I said, no problem. I feel you. I get that. I respect it. I know it's weird. Please know, if nothing else, I have your daughter's best intentions at heart. That's it. And I think she knew that, you know, her daughter wasn't coming home saying, oh, Michelle again. You know, she she saw that I was giving a healthy distance between myself and her daughter's relationship with her dad. And over time, you know, true colors start to show. All you can do is hope that time will heal the wounds and get you to a better place. But you can't take it personally. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's about what you represent. Absolutely. All right. Now, okay. So let's, before we wrap up, tell me about your community, because you're obviously a wealth of knowledge. You are so experienced in life and you, you know, have so much to offer and you just launched a community for single moms. Yeah. So I launched a community for moms moving on. It's called moms moving on. That's my website. Moms moving on. The reason why I did that is because yes, I'm a coach and Yes, I know it is costly to have a coach. And there are so many women who need the guidance but can't afford it. So I made this membership community that's a much lower monthly rate than it would be 
to work with me or any coach in the industry. And I got together all of my favorite divorce experts, relationship experts, mediators, therapists, and had them put together and continuously contribute content that would help a woman along on her journey, such as what not to forget on the parenting plan or how to deal with your husband's new girlfriends or journal prompts for feeling better on a shitty day. So there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that comes from my coaching approach and from the experts that I lean on in the industry. There's also a free monthly workshop for the members because my non-member workshops kind of have a high price tag. So it, it gives people an opportunity to connect with me and each other. We have a Facebook group. So it's really about fostering the community I didn't have when I was going through my divorce and that I know so many women can benefit from. I love that because that's exactly why I created my community too. So we're so, it's so funny. We're in two different positions, but we are so aligned in the mission. And it's, that's the thing, just learning that you're not alone, that someone else has felt those feelings that you feel. And, you know, often we feel guilty or ashamed for feeling the way we feel. And it's because no one talks about it that we think that we're the only ones who are in the trenches and you're not. And it's about hanging out like, you know, I'm going to feel these feels. I'm going to you know, have this experience and then I'm going to take the lesson and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to live a good life. Exactly. And you know, there's, there's other things I offer on my website, aside from the coaching, if you don't want to commit to like a one-on-one coaching partnership, I do group coaching every month. There's a different topic. I only allow five or six women. And what happens is these women end up because it's so beautiful. We have a group chat going through the month. We meet about four times, but the girls chat every day. And so do I in the chat And they end up connecting and they're like forming these relationships and helping each other through their problems. And very often, you know, this month's topic is co-parenting with a high conflict ex. All of these women are going through the same thing at the exact same time. So it's, it's so nice to have an opportunity to connect these women and let them form these friendships that they may not have otherwise found because you don't have divorcing friends or their exes aren't as toxic. So I love what I've created and I love welcoming new people into the fold as much as I can. Yeah, you should be very proud of it because it looks amazing. So I'm going to link that for, you know, we don't just have stepmoms who follow this. There's lots of single moms and just lots of, lots of different people who follow this. So I'm going to link all of your information and Michelle, thank you so much. I don't think this is going to be the first time we chat. No, it's not because I'm bringing you on my podcast. Okay. There we go. All right. Perfect. Well, it shall continue then. Thank you so much, Michelle. um, And we will chat soon. For sure. Bye, Jamie. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share on social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.